Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting once again in the safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hello, Renee. How are you? Oh, I'm good, Manny. It's um, I'm I'm running at uh, just beyond my capacity right now. I feel like I'm about to to blow a gasket here with uh, uh, all the the preparation for Jazz Fest. It's still uh, you know ten ten days away or so, but uh, but man, just uh, it's 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 an avalanche of of preparation that I have to do. I have gigs almost every day, music to learn merch to Come drop on, off and you're a pro you've been doing this forever you show up you hit your mark you say your line you know what you're doing right well i know i know i know but uh but like all this you know d- the preparation for the podcast i went to do the thing yesterday and uh well suddenly the interface looks all different and then i i uh, go to to uh, my computer is is no longer uh 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 up to date enough so i have to borrow another computer to to do this and then the the interface looks different and i'm not sure if what you're does that be able... mean interface i don't know well, what the, that means. the appearance on the screen of of what you see you know like where everything is it's uh they upgraded the the site so anyway it's just an, an added level of difficulty to it but uh but i'm i'm glad to be here i can i can uh, relax for a minute here <laughs> i only have five things i have to think about right now while we're doing this uh instead of instead of 10. So, uh, so how have you been, Manny? I've been fine. I mean, uh, nothing's changed since the last time I saw you. Uh, uh, there's some stuff in the news. There's, uh, uh, you know, there's events going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had an event yesterday, right? I did. I did. You saw that? No, okay, I'm just I mean- guessing. <laughs> well, yes, I actually we had uh, former guest of ours, uh, the great uh, music filmmaker Bob Muggy, uh, uh, auteur responsible for such landmark films as Deep Blues, uh, uh, Saxophone Colossus, uh, the Sun Ra film, uh, Black Wax on uh, Gil Scott Heron. Anyway, he was he wrote a memoir that came out recently, and he's on a book tour. He's been. Uh, uh, canvassing the south he had just been at the juke joint festival in clarksdale i think the this past weekend and he came down to do a book reading or, or a uh, so when a, people write memoirs that means they're dying usually is he well, okay yeah bob looked like he was in good shape you know he just he was saying that uh you know he he kind of retired from filmmaking a few years ago not that he's not interested in filmmaking he's just tired of having to raise money and go out there and hustle he said if someone would come to him and say here's some money uh go make a film he said i have a, tons of ideas of films i'd like to make i just i i'm i'm sick of having to go out there and and uh shake the bushes for money so so you won't be that someone though uh, with money? No, yeah. <laughs> no, I won't be that person. Yeah, no, but, you're uh, a cheap bastard, right? We all know that. You're well, not going to give money. Well, you could I mean, be a producer of a film yeah, if you gave money. Well, you know, I was actually in uh, in two of Bob's movies already, two of his films. He uh, so this, Now, this, did he pay you to be in those films? Um, he did not. No, he did not. These were, I was, I was a featured performer, you know, these were... Uh, uh, documentary films. One was uh, actually about the iguanas, about the making of a, a record that we did, uh, I don't know, back in 96 at Keith Keller's studio. And the other one was uh, called 
uh, New Orleans Music in Exile. It was about the the post Katrina. Uh, exile of all these musicians he traveled around different places he came to see us in austin and interviewed us and uh uh video or, or uh, uh filmed us doing a performance at the continental club so where was this event at it was at uh, octavia books right there oh. on laurel street was it well attended it was well attended yeah yeah and, and there actually there was a a, a bunch of uh uh, former uh, Troubleman podcast guests there, oh, and really? as, as well as some uh, some uh, listeners. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I were think. the guests? The former guests? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, former guest um, was uh, let's see. They're that big that you can't remember. Yeah, there was a lot of people. I asking me to recall names, but uh, but yeah. Well, Dick Deluxe was there. He, that's that's one of them. Uh, uh one of our early guests so he was there and uh he he knew all about bob and and uh his work so and uh bob a former guest as well and uh so yes that was well attended was there anyone there who tried to steal his book um well not that i know again i was i was just kind of the the moderator of the discussion i was not uh keeping keeping track of the merchandise ah okay because I heard there was somebody there who uh, who's a book stealer. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, if you're talking about Michael Tisseran, no, he was not there. He was uh, he was there uh, in spirit. He's he's uh, I think still up in Minneapolis with his family uh, where he lives now. But uh, he had he had suggested me to Bob, and Bob said, "Well, I was already thinking about Renee, but uh, but thank you." So I appreciated that vote of confidence from such a uh, such a an astute writer as as Michael, and Michael has done many of these kind of events himself, and, and, and he's uh, stolen many books himself too. I'm well, sure. I, uh, he was he. I think he borrowed that book that was his own book from you. But we we don't need to uh, relitigate that uh, here again. He. Uh, he knows how you feel about him. <laughs> Good. Okay. All right. So we had uh, a French Quarter Fest when we did the last podcast. I that day I'd had uh, two sets. I'd had one with Susan Cowsill and then one with uh, uh, the Iguanas that day. And then uh, then we had uh, the Saturday. I played with uh, Lynn Drury. Uh, all hell broke loose. The skies opened up. Uh, about three inches of water got got dumped there on the on the site. Uh, the winds were uh, uh, like tornadic in nature. Now, did you keep playing through all that? Well, we we, we were about forty five minutes into the set when uh, you know all the it started to sprinkle for a minute, and we kept playing. The crowd kind of started to uh, retreat, and then it really started pouring, and the rain the winds were whipping up. It even blew over a, a couple of uh, Fender amplifiers, which they have a very low center of gravity, so you know the wind was heavy to, to blow over a, a Fender Twin. But uh, then, then they stopped us. We had about 15 minutes left to go, and they, they pulled the plug. They, they had to cover all the equipment up, and they actually called the festival off for about the next five hours or so. And, and well, we packed up and, and uh, kind of uh, huddled from the rain for a while, and then we, we uh, left, and that was it for, for the day. And then the next day I came back and, uh, and played with uh, another Troubled Men podcast guest, the great haunted slide blues guitar player, uh, 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 John Mooney. And, John uh, Mooney. John Mooney. Yes, you remember John, a uh, student of Sun House. Uh, and he was he was an early guest as well. Really? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was I there. I remember the, him. He was there at the ring room with us. He talked about uh, uh, hitchhiking, uh, having an escape from some uh, some uh, some some people that had picked him up. He was very desert. small, right? He's very short. Well, uh, John started off six two, but yes, John had a, a car accident many years ago. He's kind of uh, uh, he's, he's kind of uh, he walks with a cane now. He's a little bit uh, hunched over, but man, he can still play that fucking guitar. I tell you what. Why do you got to curse, Renee? We don't need the cursing. Oh, uh, we can okay. we can curse on the show, okay. Manny. We always All have. Right. Yeah, All yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, just well, for, that's for emphasis. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that was that was a uh, uh, very successful uh, uh, French Quarter Fest. Uh, continued on with my gigs. The uh, Guanas back at DBA the, uh, on Monday, and then uh, then yesterday we we had the the Bob Muggy uh, uh, book signing, and and uh, brings us up to now. Well, I'm happy for you. You seem like you're all right. <laughs> well, I actually I, I fit in a trip to the uh, the physical therapist, which I've I've never done before. But I started having a thing where, uh, like a it was I'm kind of stiff on my neck is stiff on the left hand side. And uh, are you still wearing your posture meter thing that uh, shocks I, you? I haven't been doing it lately. I need to get back to it, but. Uh, but uh, I figured, well, before I get to the point where I start losing uh, uh, um, feeling in, the, in my fingertips, which would greatly affect my, uh, my bass playing, I, I should go uh, get some, some treatment for it. So I went and they, they, uh, they gave me some, some stretches to do. And, uh, so so uh, as always, you, you're a pain in the neck. That's Is right. Is that it? Very good. Yes, I yeah. am. <laughs> so well, how, I do have, you how do you think this happened? Um, I think just, uh, you know, standing in that position, playing the bass, turning my head to the left all the time, kind of dropping. See, we're my... getting old, man. You I know, man. Doing this. You're going to have to sit down and play. Oh, uh, no, no. It's not this, not that my legs aren't the issue. It's, it's, uh, craning my neck. I have to, uh, but uh, they gave me some stretches. I just have to stretch out that, that, uh, that muscle on the, the, it's my trap. See, they the... always give stretches. You know, if I have my back problems mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's always about stretches you know they don't want to give drugs anymore right well i didn't want any drugs man I, we've been through all that i don't need to go back there yeah uh they don't want to give drugs anymore and so it's because they're afraid they're sure. afraid you know they don't want to give drugs and people want drugs man you know i'm in pain give me drugs Right. Hey, no. speak for speak for yourself. I want drugs. I'm get yeah. Mojo some drugs. Me and Manny, me and Manny will take Renee's drugs. Okay. There you go. <laughs> get get a script, man, and give it to us, man. Shoot, man. Why does that guy get to stand up there behind the counter? Let Mojo behind the counter. <laughs> I ought to be able to. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I I I, I, I jumped the gun. Go, Y'all go no, ahead. No, we like it. We like no, it. No. We like you jumping in there. No, I like that idea too. Uh, Mojo, if you're going to be behind the counter, I might take whatever you're going to give me, man. Yeah, because they got the good shit behind it. When I buy stuff on the street, hell, that might be borax. Sure. You know, there you go. There yeah, you go. Yeah. man, I'm really high on borax. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or at least I think I'm high on borax. But yeah, behind the counter, they got the real drugs. Exactly, right. man. And you, you're like a drugstore cowboy, man. That's what we got to be. Yeah, I do that. You know, they give me these uh, prescriptions, and it's like, you know, you need to take the whole fucking 30 pills if you want to get any relief. You know, they say, take one with food. 
Well, I'm not taking one with food. <laughs> I'm taking one with a cocktail. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, no, if one is good, six is better. There That's you go. Joseph. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I don't know. They're all af- Everyone's afraid these days. You, know, you right. can't say anything. You can't do anything. You know, it's crazy going nuts out there. Oh, uh, I, I, I did want to tell you one more thing. There's going to be some fucking cursing. Yeah. I can't I can't do the show without saying the word motherfucker. There I, you go. I, I just want to let you know. There you uh, go. Uh, Manny just wants to chastise me for anything he can he can uh, he can he can uh, find. So it's he'll, he'll let you do it, but it's uh, it's a, a normal part of the show. Yes. Oh, and you were talking about jazz fest. Yes. Hey, man, it's in E. Hang on. It's <laughs> like a Chuck Berry song, but different. It's <laughs> one, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We're gonna we're gonna keep it fluid there. Well, Manny, uh, maybe we should just go ahead and get the guest. No, in. I've got to talk about a few things. Okay, well, let's get to it. Yeah, you know, there's, um, you know, my dislike for people just grows and grows. I mm-hmm. really hate people. Mm-hmm. Don't really want anything to do with them. Um, in fact, just like, uh, just like a few days ago, I'm, uh, you know, it was, uh, I put the recycling out. Mm-hmm. Had to put the recycling out because apparently New Orleans recycles, and that's bullshit. They just take it to the landfill. I yeah, think. it's all a racket, man. Yeah, yeah. Recycling's the biggest scam put on the American people since the Dewey Decimal System. Well, since since, uh, since yeah. asbestos removal. But yeah, go go on. Yeah. Anyway, so I went to reach. I opened my door. It was like seven thirty in the morning, you know, because I was getting ready to go to work, and. I went to get retrieve my recycling can and I opened my door and there's, you know, there's people, these pet owners who walk their dogs and stuff. They're all out at that time of day, you know, right. these fucking pet owners, these dog walkers and stuff, you know? So I'm walking out to retrieve my can and I, this, this dog walker is in front of my house and I make eye t- contact with him and he makes eye contact with me, but I don't say anything. You know, I don't say anything, and I, I pull my can in, my recycling bin in, and then he walks past my house, and now he's in front of my neighbor's house, and he looks back at me and goes, Good morning to you! <laughs> and it was just like, what the fuck does that mean, man? You know? It's Trying like, to start some shit. Well, I, I, it's like, do I have to say good morning just because we made eye contact? Do I have to say Hello? Do I have to say, oh, nice dog? Do I have to say anything? I don't have to say anything. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I was going to say, he must not know you if he's. No, he he doesn't know me. He doesn't know me at all. But it's just like he looked back at me as he was walking his fucking dog. And he looked back and goes, good morning to you. And I was like, well, you know, fuck. It was like, what the fuck, you know? So people, you know, this is why I hate people. They just, they just, they're just, I don't need them. I don't need people. I really don't. And I don't need people who own dogs either. They're the worst. These yeah. dog people. Yeah, I know they bother you. Yeah, they bother me big time. And and uh, um, so I got in the house and I uh, showered and I shaved and I went on my day. But, you know, uh, uh, guns are in the news constantly. You know, Sure, you sure. A lot of shootings. A lot yeah, of you're shootings a gun nationally. owner. Yeah, you're a gun owner. I am a gun owner. Yeah, uh, but I thought this this all I saw these three things that happened all within like 72 hours. It was crazy going nuts in all oh, parts yeah. of our country. Um, Terrible. So uh, 
the first thing is uh, uh, some kid goes to the wrong house to pick up his brother and sister and gets shot by oh, the I owner. Saw that. It's terrible, you know, terrible. It's just like because he was at the wrong address. Right. Yeah. Just you getting know, shot for knocking on the door. Yeah. 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 Just got shot and he's got a bullet in his head right now oh, and they terrible. don't know if he's going to survive. And it's because of guns, man, gun and gun owners. But and then like twelve hours later, some police department, some cops went to serve somebody and they they were at the wrong address too and they killed the owner of the house i saw that oh. you know you know it's like can't you fucking get a right address you're the fucking police department you know? yeah well at least those don't start shooting at people just when they come out of their house you know yeah and then just like 12 15 hours ago this guy who was in a minimum security prison in Maine, gets released, and he's picked up by his parents. They bring him home, and two days later, he kills his parents and their two best friends who are in the house with a gun, you know? And he shoots, and then he gets in a car, and he starts driving down the highway, and he starts shooting at people from while he's driving. He injured three people while he's driving. They yeah. caught the guy. And this is the most hysterical thing. They caught him. And he, he admitted to killing his parents and their two friends. But he said he, did, he didn't shoot the people on the highway. Oh, so, he's innocent of that. He's a yeah, victim yeah, of circumstances. Yeah. Uh, it did that. I guess he maybe you know it. It won't be five life sentences. It'll be just the four that he'll get. <laughs> okay, you know, is that's what he's hoping for. But right, it's crazy right, right. going nuts out there. And mm. uh, uh, anyway, so I just had to, I had to say this stuff because it's been on my mind for get a it while. off your chest. Get it yeah, out. Yeah, I had to get it out there, man, right, because. Right. Uh, you know, people are killing each other, man. Yeah, that's why I don't world. like. I don't like to go outside, man. Sure, sure. Can't well, go outside tonight, you get to stay in the house, man. Yeah, I'm inside. Safe tonight. and sound and in the safe you. house. Thank you for that. I'm in my right. safe house. Right. You know, uh, it's crazy, man. Hey, let me ask you a question, and to our guests, mm-hmm. uh, I've been watching. I watch a lot of movies, a lot of old movies, and stuff like sure, that. Sure, some good ones. Yeah, you know, from the 30s and the 40s mm-hmm. and the 50s. And talkies killed the silent screen star, but I'm not going to get into that. Yes, it's true. Um, but anyway, um, I watch a lot of these movies. I don't know if I brought this up before or not, but uh, in a lot of these like romantic comedies from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, uh, women used to faint. You know, they were, right. oh, I'm gonna, I faint. I'm going to faint. Have you ever known anyone to faint? Um, I, Have you ever fainted? I've never fainted. I, I did see uh, one of my children faint one time at the end of, uh, of Yom Kippur, but uh, it was, uh, I think, a blood sugar issue. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. After uh, 24 because, hours of yeah, fasting. That's fasting, yeah. Yes, well, that, yeah, that's, yeah. You know, that's punishment right there, man. That's not uh, it's a sacrifice. Yeah. yeah, women used to get the vapors. Yeah, they get the vapors. Right. Again. And then they would faint, but yeah, not not any, not anymore. Yeah, nobody faints. I, mean, I don't know of anyone who's ever fainted. You know what else yeah. I noticed about those old movies as uh, is that uh, 
men are pretty quick to uh, to slap a woman pretty hard across the face and 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 just keep on going, you know. And the woman's like, oh, and she's surprised, but she's never uh, totally horrified. I'm like, wow. I've that's, seen a lot of pornos like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's something different. That's, that's a, different. Yeah. That's a little bit different. A little slap yeah. and tickle there. Yeah, um, but your kids aren't fainting because it's something traumatic. Uh, they're no, fainting because no, they're not from shock. Been, no, they, they've been denied something. Yeah, they know. were starving to death. Yeah, they were right, starving right. to death Be- because yeah. of the right because they wandered in the desert for forty days yeah. and they were hungry. Yes. yes, there you go. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and it brings me back to that whole thing about Jesus. You know, Jesus, the guy could walk on water, turn water into wine, but yet he only really had 12 friends. That's kind of weird. Yeah. You know? I don't know. And they killed him, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. No accounting for taste, man. Yeah. Shit, if I had a friend who could turn water into wine, I'd be fucking his <laughs> buddy, man. I'd be, do sure. that again, man. I'll buy the burgers, man. Just keep making the wine from water. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Right on. Well, uh, let's get our guest in here, man, because uh, uh, we've, we've, we've kept him waiting for way too long here. All right. This is uh, a terrific guest. We've I've had our my eye on him for a very long time. It finally the the stars lined up. Uh, he's a notorious recording artist, singer, guitar player, actor, TV host, radio personality, provocateur, degenerate, self mythologizer. He's got a a terrific chronicle of his entire life out now. It's uh, the just came out on. Streaming services, uh, Mojo Manifesto, the life and times of Mojo Nixon. Without any further ado, the great Mister Mojo Nixon. Welcome, Mojo. Hey, 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 Renee, hey, Bert, hey Manny, how y'all doing? All We're right, great, man. man. Where Where are you right now, Mojo? You know, I'm, da- I'm uh, at the beach in North Carolina. My uh, mama has a beach house down here, and I'm uh, and I, I'm down here. Look, uh, if it wasn't so dark, I could see the ocean right in front of me. Oh. You know? Now y'all are in New Orleans, you know. Down in New Orleans, everything's fine. All them cats are drinking that wine. That's right. Uh, that's, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, I'm here in uh, North Carolina, and uh, everything's groovy. Now, what are the beaches like in North Carolina? I grew up in uh, Los Angeles with the Santa Monica, Venice beaches, Long Beach. Or is it white? Is it like brown sand and blue water, or is it? No, nah, it's more greenish. Uh, you know, more greenish water, and uh, you know, it's it's more white sand, especially in the summer. But what? Here's the real difference: the water here in August is 82 degrees. Wow. I used to live in San Diego, and the water in the water hardly ever got above 70 in San Diego, oh, no, even no. on the hottest day of the year. Right? Pacific Ocean water is always very cold. It's yes, right. It's cold. it's, it's it's hard on the doodads. Yeah, it's a lot of but it's it keep, a lot of shrinkage. Yeah, you know? sure. And it yeah. Ke- it keeps the sharks away though. That cold oh, water yeah. it keeps those sharks away. So okay. that's always good. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. You go into the Pacific Ocean. You come out. You can't even find it, man. 
It, yeah. it, it shriveled up so cold, you know? It's gone, daddy, gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, so so Mojo, when when I approached you about this, uh, we had it was uh, South by Southwest this past uh, year, just a few weeks ago, a month or so ago, and uh, it was the day that you had your, your traditional uh, Mojo's Mayhem event, the, the pancake breakfast there at the Continental Club, an, an all-day affair, and it was that evening, and we we were both standing there watching uh, Joey Spompanato from NRBQ uh, playing with his, his wife's band. They had uh, Jerome Dupree on drums from Morphine, and uh, we had uh, uh, Wet Dog. Pete Gordon was there, and uh, and uh, and uh, we were all standing there. And, and uh, Pete goes, "Hey, Mojo, you should be on Renee's podcast." And uh, and and I thought, "Oh yeah, absolutely." And and you graciously agreed to uh, to come on. Well, you know, you you actually had like a little card that you handed me. Yes, you know, yeah, look at you. Podcast you are, man. You you are the organized one in this group because I know Manny's not organized. Well, I, 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 well, you know, like we learned from uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's either uh, Cadillac or steak knives. You yeah, know? Fuck yeah, the so, yeah. What's the third place? Yeah, always be closing. You know, coffee's for closers, Mojo. So mm -hmm. you know, I got to. Well, always... no, what it comes down to is like when Renee approached me with this, I said, "Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do it." But uh, you know, I, there's only th one thing I asked: you do the work, and I'll show up, hit my mark, say my line, <laughs> and don't edit me. And he three out of four has been going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, not bad, yeah. not bad. So yeah. you know, you, you know, Manny, uh, I heard you've been running for uh, for mayor down there in New Orleans. Yeah, and I I, I got a platform for you. Uh oh. Uh, you know, uh, this is part of putting another Nixon in the White House because Mojo's not a dick. This is one of my earlier <laughs> campaigns. But uh, uh, I there's two things. There's there's one thing all women want, and there's one thing all men want. All women want to look ten years younger. You tell you tell women I'm going to make you look ten years younger, and you tell the man you're all going to have two more inches of dick. There you're going to you be go. the mayor. You're going to be the, <laughs> you're going to be the mayor of Hot Bay Big Dick Town. I mean, it's going to it's going to be happening down there. I, I promise, like big cocks for all men. I yes. promise, ten years looking younger for all women. Wow, there's a lot of women. I know a group of women who could who would love that. Yeah. Yes. And, but, uh, you know, you might be able to, you know, put that in your campaign sometime. I think you I'll could work try. that in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Mojo, when I was talking to you the other day, setting this up, uh, you were saying that you just come back from a, a NASCAR event. Um, is that you kind of, uh, you, you've been involved in NASCAR since you were a kid to, to a certain degree, huh? Yeah, no, you know, I have a, you know, I have a show on Sirius XM. Uh, you know, I'm on the Hillbilly Rock and Roll channel called Outlaw Country Channel 60. And that's where we play George Jones and Willie Nelson and, and all, you know, all the various incarnations of country rock. But I also have, I also have a NASCAR talk show called Manifold Destiny. It's on the Sirius <laughs> XM NASCAR channel. I grew up in Danville, Virginia. My dad was a big NASCAR fan. He took me, I saw Richard Petty race on the dirt in 1968. Well, I say I saw it. I was, you know, 10 years old. Wow. I was there and I was playing, you know, back in the stands or something. I wasn't really paying attention. It was just a big red dirt cloud. And every night you hear the guy going, Richard Petty. That was, you know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm a big, giant NASCAR fan. I was just up at the race in Martinsville. 
you know, and I, uh, and I've been doing, been doing it, you know, it, it's really hillbilly heaven. I got a NASCAR hard card. I can walk through the garage and talk to everybody. Nice. You know, yeah. Not everybody will talk to me. You know, some of them, some of them don't appreciate. I don't know why they wouldn't. Some of them don't appreciate Mojo's hijinks. You know, they take themselves seriously. They, right. You know, here's what, you know, here's what I always say. First off, it's, it's radio. Second off, it's hillbilly NASCAR radio. It doesn't, to quote Johnny Cougar, nothing matters. And what if it did? You know, I'm, I'm here to have fun. I'm here for the party. What time does the damn party start? Now, right. now, who is the, who are the top drivers now in NASCAR? Because well, you know the uh, in the uh, Kyle Larson, he won. He, he's a open. He's a dirt track guy who runs for Hendrick, the team that uh, Jeff Gordon used to run for, and Jimmy Johnson. So he's on the big team, and he won the race. You know, and you and then you got your Kevin Harvick and your Kyle Busch and your. Now, Danny what Hamlet. happened to that black NASCAR driver? Is he still around? There's yes, there's Bubba Wallace. He's yeah, the, Bubba the, Wallace. Right, yeah. right. And then, well, in one of my links to NASCAR is there was a black NASCAR driver from my hometown of Danville, Virginia, Wendell Scott. This okay. is back in the '60s. My father ran a soul ran the black radio station, and he would and. He knew Wendell Scott. He was friends with Wendell Scott. Me and my brother, Artie Farty, used to, and I got a sister in St. Jane, we used to ride <laughs> our bicycles over to Wendell Scott's shop. He lived like two neighborhoods over, and we'd see the wrecked cars on Monday morning after the race on Sunday. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a NASCAR holic. I'm I, I I got a little bit of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to one NASCAR race in my life, and it was when I was about 11, 12 years old. They used to have, because California didn't really have much NASCAR back in the 70s. Right. They had like one race, I think, and it was. They had, yeah, they was, had a race at Riverside or at, at, at Riverside. Is that right, where you went? Yeah. It was called, but back then it was called the LA Times 500. Right. And a, a friend of mine, we were the same age, uh, him and his cousin were very into race car driving and stuff. So his dad worked for the LA Times. So the four of us went. And I'd never seen anything like that before in my life. It was crazy going nuts. Um, it was, I saw Richard Petty and uh, my friend's cousin said on the way there, he said, David Pearson is going to win this race. He predicted it. This kid, right. was, like, this kid was like nine years old, nine, <laughs> ten years old. And right. sure enough, David Pearson won. I mean, I don't know, you know, what the odds oh, no. are. That. I don't know. Richard, I, Petty, Richard Petty is the greatest NASCAR driver of all time. Yeah. David Pearson may be the second greatest. Yeah. Right? In fact, right, the one guy Richard Petty didn't want to see in the rearview mirror was David Pearson. Well, I uh, the only thing I remember is growing up, because my dad used to watch the car races off and on, because he was a mechanic, and he used to just like to hear the roar of the engines. Right. You know, he didn't really know anything about the drivers or anything like that. He just used to like the roar, and he used to like take cat naps while watching NASCAR because you can do that. Oh yeah, no, it, it can, sometimes race can be four or five hours long. Yeah, you and, know, yeah. You know, he would, he, but uh, uh, I, I'll never forget. It was like he was so happy that I was going to a race, but I thought, okay, well, the thing I want to see is a crash. I want to see a crash. And yeah, no. I used to see them on the Indy 500 and right. Daytona. I used to see these crashes and stuff like that. It's like, oh, my God, look at that. And these guys would survive. And the one race I got to go to live, there was no crashes. Well, because that was a road course, too. That was part of it. You know, in a road course, everybody gets all spread out. In an oval, you're kind of all jammed together, and you start, you know, beating and banging on each other. Oh. You know, uh, but, you know, I – um. 
uh, I was telling you, so, you know, I'm on Outlaw Country on Sirius XM, and I'm on the NASCAR channel, and I used to have a political talk show called Lying Cocksuckers. That is, <laughs> uh, hats off to Swearingen. Uh, I had a political right. talk show called Lying Cocksuckers that I'm now being paid not to do. That's oh. how good. That's how good that show was. Wow! Oh my god! It'd be Woo. nice if we could figure out how to get somebody to pay us not to do this podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Walter Hill, film director Walter Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got, sure. Got, uh, who's one of my favorites? Deliverance. He did Deliverance. Didn't he deliver? No, that's John no. Borman. Uh, no, he, oh, he, uh, he did. Um, uh, he, he did Long Riders. Right. He did uh, Southern Comfort. He, yes. he did Forty Eight Hours. He but Walter Hill uh, had the rights to the Dick Tracy thing. And Warner Brothers paid him $5 million to not direct it so Warren Beatty could direct it. Now, that's, you know, uh, that's being exec, that's that's executive, executive producing. My my buddy Jim Dickinson, famous Memphis producer. Sure. You know, he always told this story about, uh, you know, uh, about Shelby. uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, Wait a minute. I'm forgetting his last name. But, you know, he said, who's the producer? And that producer's guy in the corner. He says, who's the guy in the Cadillac that came by and picked up the money? That's the executive producer. He goes, that's what I want. Executive producer. Shelby yeah. Singleton, that was his name. He's, nice. uh, but, yes, that's uh, that's the job you want. Executive producer is the guy that, you know, uh, says, if this all goes, if this all goes to shit, I'll pay for it. But, yeah, he's that's the one making beautiful. the money. Now, let's going back to NASCAR really quick. Is that movie Ricky Bobby Talladega Nights? Is that any truth to that story? Well, no, it's yeah. I think it's really funny. I think it's yeah. It's really funny, funny. and I'm an NASCAR fan, right? I was afraid that they would, you know, no, but they got way they got down into the root, you know, right? They were making to me, they were making the right jokes, and I also think Days of Thunder is bullshit. Days of Thunder is a love story that has a little NASCAR on the side. A lot of times in movies, like like that Johnny Cash movie, with you know, I never believed for a second that Joaquin Phoenix was a sharecropper, you know, from yeah. uh, from from pig fucking Arkansas. The uh, I you know, I, but they it's not about Johnny Cash. It's not about boom chicka boom chicka boom. It's not you know, it's not about you know, shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. It's a fucking love story. Right. They, look, women have their own. They got love story movies. Quit <laughs> hogging on our, you know, quit hogging in on our rock and roll movies. On our, you know, it's about uh, ticket sales. That's what. Yeah, I know, I know, I, I know. You know that's. Uh, but anyway, you know, I, I, I like you, Manny. I, I don't like humans. You know that guy that yelled at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, humans are not my favorite. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but uh, that, that guy that yelled at you—that could have been Ted Bundy. Did he say hello? Did he say good morning? No, he didn't say anything. That's that could have been Ted Bundy. You could be dead right fucking now. <laughs> true, true. Got to be careful. See who you, you are. Well, I didn't be say anything though. That's the thing. Yeah, I just made get, eye contact with right. the guy. He said everything, and I didn't right. respond. I just went back in my house and like got under my covers. You could be in a fucking stew. He shoots you in the fucking head and chop you up and turn you into a fucking stew and feed it to the goddamn dog. See, oh, you yeah. got to watch out. Oh, yeah. 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 Can't be too careful these days. You know, after uh, Manny was talking about all the all the gunplay uh, up top of the show there. 
Oh, that's yeah. You know, this is why the bride, the long-suffering bride of Mojo, you know, she wants. She's like, "You're always gone. I should get a gun." I said, "No, you shouldn't." Because, <laughs> <laughs> she wind up shooting you by accident. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it won't be. It won't be by accident with quotation marks around it. <laughs> Three. Yeah. You know. Uh, it, so you Mojo, know, right. how long yeah. you've been married? Like seventy thousand years or something. Oh, only seems wow. like eighty thousand. Right. Seventy thousand. Right. Yeah, that's not the golden anniversary. That's like the 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 uh, dirt anniversary. Or yes, I think. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> have a son that's. Yeah, we have a son that's forty. So uh, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, right we've on. been like, right. So uh, you know, but anyway. And yeah, what is his there. name, if you want to say? Well, his name. Is, I got two sons. I got Reuben and I got Rafe. Uh, if we had another kid, we were going to either name him. Uh, uh, well, if it was a girl, we were going to name her Go- Rhoda. Uh, oh, and middle like name it. Go. Rhoda Gokart McMillan. Uh. But luckily, <laughs> luckily for her, <laughs> I, I got my wife to my, my second son's name is uh, Rafe Cannonball McMillan. And uh. I got my wife to agree to that because her, the, the other choices were Huckleberry Dracula or Ezra <laughs> the Hornswoggler. So, <laughs> so she, she, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> I love Cannonball. That's a fabulous oh, yeah, name. No. Oh man, I was when he was like ten. He was on the little pee wee football team, and uh, he made a tackle, and the guy goes. Tackle by number thirty-two, Rafe Cannonball McMillan. There you I'm go. Like, That's my boy. That's my boy. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, Mojo, maybe we should uh, should get into a little bit of the the film here. I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, narrate the whole film because you you have the film there, and I just watched it the other night on uh, on Amazon. And uh, man, it's so entertaining. Uh, you know, I, I like you start off w- in the middle and then you kind of yeah. <laughs> it uh, starts off with chapter five. My wife's going, did we miss something here? I was like, I don't oh, know. <laughs> people people have been sending uh, Earl Freedom, Matt Esky, my bass player. He's the one that made it. Uh, shout out to bass players there. Oh. And, uh, and but uh, yeah, people like sending me uh, emails. There's something wrong with my tape. <laughs> yeah, it starts at chapter five. Hey, man, he's, he saw one Tarantino movie. Now he's disrupting the time space continuum. Hang on, baby. Uh, uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the movie uh, it's called the Mojo Manifesto. Like you said, you can rent it right now at uh, Amazon or uh, Apple iTunes or most places where you can rent or download movies. Right. You can also get the DVD, I think, at Amazon. And uh, it's a documentary about my life, and it, most of it's true. You know, or some of it, some of it's true. Mm-hmm. And, and it's uh, it, it's it's. I told him when he made it. He, uh, this is all true. He showed up at my house 12 years ago with a camera in the box. And he says, I'm going to make a movie about you. I go, yes. You know, and, it, and then he goes, how do we work the camera? He's never even <laughs> taken it out of the box. <laughs> then he got all the parts uh, assembled, but he wouldn't edit it. And I kept saying, well, I said, well, get my friend, Robert Gordon, a filmmaker, writer in Memphis. To, oh, yeah. uh, Robert was uh, a, a guest on the show. We've had right, Robert. So, yeah, podcast, me and Robert are buddies. And I thought, well, Robert can either recommend somebody to edit it. And uh, he goes, no, no, I have to edit it. So it kind of sit dormant for, uh, for a few years. And then finally, uh, he literally went to Google and typed in, how do you edit a movie? <laughs> And it's like, and it's a, you buy this program, you buy this Adobe audition, you know, this Adobe program. And that's how everybody edits movies, you know, digitally now. And he did. And, uh, and I told him, I didn't give him, you know, a, a lot of direction. I said, it should be short. It should be funny and it should make the fans happy. 
right? I, what I don't want is, right, don't try to make civilians like Mojo. <laughs> right, right. They, they, why is the fat hillbilly yelling motherfucker? What, who does he think he is? The Richard Pryor Jr. or something? Right. So, and the, uh, what I told him, I said, you know, the super fans, the people that listen to all the records and come to the shows, when they watch it, they, they need to be happy. And I think I think he succeeded because it's it's fucking crazy. Yeah, man. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It's wild. It's wild and free. I, I, you know, I said, you know, if you got to decide, should I put that in or not put it in? Put it in. <laughs> put the crazy shit in. Right. Don't put in the calm stuff. And uh, yeah, it's you know tells the whole story about the band and you know I grew up in a small town in Virginia and my dad you know uh, my dad ran the soul radio station my dad before he ran the black radio station had a column news a column in the newspaper and some Nazi some guy with a Nazi armband you know this is during civil rights in uh, Danville Virginia 1965 or so a guy with a Nazi armband stood outside the newspaper with a sign saying send uh, Neil McMillan back to Africa and the Jew press with it or something like that <laughs> yeah. uh, so, it was Virginia but, in the in the 60s so uh, yes yeah, so low yeah. southern Virginia you could, you know, right right up again yeah and and my, and my dad was like a liberal my dad was a liberal you know as you know especially compared to everybody else Right. Now, he wasn't right. You know, he wasn't a liberal compared was to that Hoffman. guy. Was that guy uh, Irving Cohen? Who was the guy who protested? What was his name? Which guy? Um, the guy who had the sign send send your. Oh no, no, Irving. No, it was. I forgot. He 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 was a mean looking hillbilly. Is what he was. Uh, there's a picture. Yeah, yeah. There's, it, there's, but there's a picture in the movie. And also, and also, you know, uh, all the stuff that happened during my career when I made those spots for MTV, that all parts in there. We want to get into all that mojo. Uh, and, and, uh, but, you know, usually we take a little break right about now in the show to uh, refresh our cocktails. And uh, so, Manny, you think we should, this is a yeah, good time? Yeah, uh, this is a good time. Th mojo, I think you're going to be a part two kind of guy. Um, uh, the troubled nation knows the drill. We take a break and we'll be right back. Debbie Gibson is back up with my two headed love child. It's a big foot baby, all covered in fur now. Star craving naked in a full occasion nation. We were secretly Two-headed love child It's a big 
naked in the fall like And we're back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman. Back with our guest, Mr. Mojo Nixon. Now, Mojo, I know you're familiar with the the uh, the radio game, the the audio game, and uh, you know you you work for a uh, uh, Sirius XM Radio. That's that's a uh, big dollars behind that. But the Trouble Men Podcast, we don't have those kind of deep pockets. We're uh, we're a listener supported operation here. We're uh, we're we're relying on our our original sponsor, which is Loose Change. <laughs> yeah and mojo everyone has it even though money paper money and coins are going the way of the dinosaur you can still find some loot in fact i found a quarter today oh. i was walking from my office to my car and i found a quarter on the street oh, all right Good and lucky day. i said to myself this is great man now, is it loose change or spare change? Loose change. Well, loose, loose, change. loose then, change is a lot funner in your pockets. Yes. If you know what I mean. And can you Venmo loose change? Uh, well, you know, it's funny you should bring that up, Mojo. <laughs> yes, because, uh, you know, you don't have to send uh, money in an envelope like uh, on the Soupy Sale Show or something. Right, you, know, you can, right. You can, uh, we have the Venmo link and the PayPal link in the show notes of every show. As well as the uh, the pinned Facebook post uh, page that we have there, the post on that page, and and uh, you know we in fact uh, along those lines we want to thank uh, Rob Mailer once again. The guy uh, week after week supports us, uh, and so shout out to Rob and and uh, you know everybody else jump in on it. Uh, you know take after Rob Mailer, support the show if you're listening to it. Uh, we do have the Patreon page that uh, takes all the guesswork out of it. You can. Uh, uh, be supporting the show uh, week in week out uh, without uh, without even thinking about it, and we still have the uh, the Trouble Men podcast T-shirts are available there. Actually, someone wrote in today and said uh, you need to come out with a hat so I can cover my bald head. I said, well, we we have also some people were requesting a Trouble Men podcast G-string, so I, th- I thought that might be a good uh, <laughs> a good good combo there, G-string and, and the and, and the hat. you could I think that would look good on you, Mojo. Okay, I can picture that now. (laughs) You know, Mojo's not afraid. People say, Mojo, keep your clothes on. No, Mojo likes to take them off. All right, all right, we like it. Just picture that now, everybody. And and, uh, what else? Oh, yes, uh, follow us on social media, uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. Give us five stars. Helps us out a lot. Um, what else? Let's see. I wanted to plug a couple of dates coming up uh, next uh, Saturday, April 29th. I have a Susan Cowsill covered in vinyl show at uh, at uh, Chicky Wawa, I believe. It's uh, it's uh, we're covering uh, Linda Ronstadt's Simple Dreams. Woo! And and uh, then uh, the next day we have a uh, uh, John Mooney gig. It's a New Orleans All Star Concert Series for uh, the Van Gogh immersive experience at the Scottish Rite Temple. So who knows what kind of uh, uh, rituals are going to go there? Is it 
Is there going to be mushrooms? Because uh, I think Van Gogh immersive, you should have mushrooms. Well, I, I, I would suggest that anybody coming to this uh, take some mushrooms ahead of time. That's going to be uh, me playing with uh, John Mooney in Bluesiana and an old uh, uh, friend of, of, our, uh, of the show, uh, former guest and uh, uh, son of Jim Dickinson, uh, Luther Dickinson from the... Uh, the uh, boy, Luther! North Mississippi All-Stars is going to be on that same show as well as uh, Joy Clark and Mark Stone. So everybody check that out on Sunday, April 30th. And that's about enough of that. So uh, let's let's get back to uh, to our, our guest Mojo. Now, Mojo, you were you were mentioning uh, you know you grew up in in Danville. Your father was a, a, a radio newsman, newspaper man as well, I believe, at one time. Yes. And uh, you're growing up there. You know, it's the the uh, very southern. Now it's funny in in New Orleans. You know, we we think we're the South. And we think of Virginia, it's like, God, it's so far up there. It's almost to New York, you know? It's like, how is that the South? But it is very much still the South, culturally speaking. Yes, Danville was the last capital of the Confederacy after Richmond fell during the Civil War. Uh, Jefferson Davis came to Danville and set up, you know, office for like a two weeks before uh, Lee surrendered at, at Appomattox. Right. Not that they, not that they told me this eight million times, you know, when right, I was in right. elementary school. And and, and and like in the song Dixie uh, in Danville, old times there are not forgotten. I'm well, sure. you know, well in the uh, in the the song by the band, the night they drove old Dixie down, he mentions Danville. Uh, Virgil Kane is the name. Works on the Danville train. That's right. right? Yes, yes. And um, you know, Danville is also where the wreck of the old ninety seven happened, mm -hmm. which is a famous country song. And the reason it's a famous country song that everybody knows is well, it's got a good melody based on some uh, an Irish tune. Uh, they'll never return, but uh, it was the B side of the first seventy eight million seller. Wow. Vernon Dalhart in 1924 had a, had a, had a song called the Prisoner's Song that, uh, you know, was the first like million seller or five, you know, half a million seller, 78. And all the hillbillies bought it. And on the B side was, well, they gave him his orders in Monroe, Virginia, saying Steve, way behind was the record of the old 97. Ah. And so, well, know, isn't nice. that crazy, though? All the hillbillies bought it, but they didn't have turntables. Well, they they they, <laughs> they did. One person had a turntable. But uh, okay. it, so like in 1930, if you went to a hillbilly's house, uh, you know, somewhere south, somewhere south of the Mason Dixon line. I would Check. see cousins fucking if I went yeah. to Hillbilly's house. But after the right? cousins got done fucking, you know, <laughs> after the cousins got done fucking, and you went to their stack of 78s, uh, okay. the prisoner song and, and the record of the old 97 was like a 50% chance of being there. Right. You know, like, right. 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 It, it's even mentioned, record of the old 97 is even mentioned in the Blues Brothers when they're in the country bar, Bob's Country Bunker. These, mm -hmm. these are more. This is odd facts known by few, which is one of Mojo's specialty. The more obscure and stupid the odd fact is, the greater chance that I know it, and and it's stuck up in there. This is the right place for it. We love that shit on the Trouble Men <laughs> podcast, man. Well, uh, well, uh, you, you know, so you're there in Danville, and and in the movie you talk about, uh, you know, pushing against the uh, the existential ennui of bullshit. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Uh, so, so you're there, you, you, you sense there's, there's something more you have to, uh, you have to break out. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I went to college, 
I went to college up in Ohio because it was the furthest place away my parents would pay for. <laughs> I would have gone to the University of North China, uh, but you know, they. Would, but anyway, I went. Yeah, I went to college in Ohio, and I was. Uh, I was a. I was a. Uh, I was a army of one. Yeah. I was a, the only punk rocker at Miami of Ohio in uh, 1975, and uh, I, I had that first Patti Smith record. I had the Ramones records. I got you know. Here's how crazy I was about the Clash. Uh, when I graduated from college, I moved to England and I lived in a squat in Brixton. And my goal was to join the Clash. Uh-huh. Now, years later, through the Pogues, I met Joe Strummer, and he goes, "Ah, oh, you weren't the only one there. You know, somebody show up about once a week." <laughs> yeah, right. Well, actually, you I, I read a a, a good uh, little uh, story that that somewhere about you. Where uh, speaking of the Pogues, you're talking about uh, uh, playing at Wolf Trap uh, there in D.C. and uh, somehow you and and Shane McGowan uh, or got into I don't know. Uh, you were singing and uh, you had uh, some kind of fall down or something. You guys are band for life yes know. uh they weren't ex- it was uh it was a tour i think uh most of the tour was violent films pogues and mojo uh-huh. but i think at wolf trap which is kind of fancy sit down place like where the, the night before the new york philharmonic had played there uh-huh. so and their encore was rise of the valkyries somebody had left it taped to the floor you oh, know geez. when we came out there <laughs> but anyway we uh we played me and skid played it went great pogues played and then at the end uh, I sang This Land is Your Land uh, with the Outlaw Verses with the Pogues. Mm-hmm. And while I'm singing it, Shane uh, didn't know what to do. So he had a whole, he'd been serving everybody drinks. He started hitting, he had a, uh, like a tray that you would hold drinks on, started hitting himself in the head <laughs> hard enough to bend the tray and blood squirting everywhere. Uh. And it, but you know, the thing that really freaked him out was I jumped over the, so there's, you know, there's the edge of the stage, there's the orchestra pit, and then there's like a wall on the other side of that. I jumped out to the other wall, and apparently that was against the rules. Yeah. That somehow the decorum, somehow I, you know, dis, like I said, I had disrupted the fourth wall. They right. didn't like that. Right, <laughs> right. It is a national park, I believe, uh, Wolf yes. Trap there. Yeah, well, the Guanas have played there many times, but uh, but yeah, yeah, you got to watch your P's and Q's there. Well, so, uh, so to, 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 follow up your you're there uh in in college and is this when you you uh fall under the spell of howlin wolf and become a devotee is this about that time yeah a little bit later i think uh you know after i went to england uh then i was into punk rock band in denver and at some point in there i read that uh uh grail marcus book uh uh um uh mystery train mm-hmm. about in and he you know he's got a whole chapter on harmonica frank and robert johnson have you wait uh, I wanted to ask you this. Have you read this new Robert Johnson book by Mac McCormick that has been put out by the Smithsonian? I have not. It's fantastic. I don't know if you're if you're if you're uh, sure. part of the Robert Johnson uh, you know cottage industry, but uh, this is it's really good. Sure, it's, no, it, that that sounds like uh, sounds like. Uh, well, this uh, is a must, book that was written read. like in '73, but has been you know been talked about since then, but has never came out mm. because he was crazy. Yeah, you know, he was one of those paranoid blues guys. Uh, collected things and thought somebody was going to steal his shit all the time. Uh, so, but finally, the Smithsonian got hold of it. But anyway, yes, I became fixated with uh, Howlin' Wolf and Robert Johnson and uh, the Elvis Sun Sessions. And there was there was two books. There was one uh, Grail Marcus's Mystery Train, and the other one was Nick Tosh's Country: The Biggest Music in America. 
Yes. And and both of those guys, I've read every book that both of them have all done. Uh, you know, they speak they speak the truth about American music. Yes. Oh. Yes. Have you ever read that communist manifesto? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you something, Mojo. Who was the better person? Gandhi or Stalin? Oh, better person. Uh, you know, is this some kind of trick question? Of course. <laughs> uh, wait, wait a minute. I'm going to sidebar here. We'll sidebar here. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the beach, and I got these uh, pirate flags, and the pirate flag, uh, you know, you wait, you, everybody – People have flags at the end of their walkway before the beach. So I had the pirate flag, and uh, but it got destroyed. So I thought, I'm going to get just a plain black flag, you know, that's just, you know, the symbol of anarchy. Right. And then I, then I saw there was this kind of, it's half, it's diagonal, half black, half red. And that's the uh, anarchist syndicalist from the Spanish Revolution, you know, mm. from the Spanish Civil War. Right. So I... There's going to be one history professor who walks past here going, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Everybody else thinks it's semaphore or something. Yes. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll bite. Uh, well, Gandhi was better. Yes. Okay. I just, <laughs> no, just, just uh, checking. Just uh, taking yeah. your temperature there, yeah. Mojo. Now, you said that where you grew up, they had street, you know, they... It keeps changing the street names here in New Orleans because every street was named after a slave owner or not a very nice guy. Are they doing that in your hometown where you grew no, up? No, but they, I was just in Greensboro, which is where I saw a lot of the concerts, uh, the Greensboro Coliseum, which is about 50 miles south of Danville. And, uh, but I was trying to find uh, the, Green, the Coliseum, and it was on Lee Street. Well, Lee Street ain't. I, I forgot. Lee Street ain't there anymore. Okay. It's oh. now like you know Gateway City Boulevard or something. Right. I kept, I kept yeah. looking for the exit for Lee Street. Uh, Lee Street is gone. Yeah. Uh, here's the uh, you know I, you know I'm from the south. I'm from small uh, small town. There's uh you know we lost the Civil War. Yes. Right. Right. I think that to me, that's the real key ingredient here. Right. We lost so slavery is wrong, and we lost the Civil War. I, uh, you know, I'm re- I'm ready to move on. You're ready to move on. Yes, yeah. <laughs> me me too. <laughs> but you're all right with them renaming streets. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, right, you know, in down here in North Carolina, Fort Bragg. That's a big. That's near where my my father grew up. Near there, right? Yeah, it's big military base, and uh, they're in there, and they're going to rename Fort Bragg. You know, just you know, Fort Eisenhower or something here soon. Sure, sure. Now, who was Bragg? Bragg was a Southern general, right? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, general, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, he was a Southern general. And, uh, and he was a show off with that kind of name, right? (laughs) It was something of a braggart, maybe. Yeah. He thought he was better than people. Yes. Yeah. He's uptown. He's uptown. (laughs) Well, so, uh, so just to move, move along the, the, your, your, uh, timeline here a little bit. So, uh, so you're, uh, you, you become interested in playing music or, or you're already playing music. Uh, but uh, you, 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 I know have kind of a uh, kind of a, a, a transformation on a on a, a cross country trek where where you you become possessed and and tell us about that. 
Well, I was on a cross-country bicycle trip from uh, California to Virginia, and it was during that trip. Wait, wait, why? Why are you riding a bike from L.A. to Virginia? Why? I was mad at Country Dick from the Beat Farmers because he wouldn't let me be in the Beat Farmers. I was so fucking pissed. And Country Dick said- You just decided to get on a bike and ride? Well, there's a backstory. I'll get to that second. Okay. Country Dick Dick said, there's there's only room for one monkey in this band, and I'm it. So he thought there would be too many monkeys. If we were both in the same band, which I get, and we and later we were in a in a band together with Dave Alvin called the Pleasure Birds. But um, I had been a state champion bicycle racer in high school. Oh. At some point, I stopped. I, I, I around eighteen or nineteen stopped bicycle riding. Went all in on the guitar, you know. And uh, so th- during the this is nineteen eighty two. I'm riding a bicycle across the country, and I kind of figured out what I should do. I shouldn't try to be David Bowie, or as we called him, David Bowie. You know, <laughs> we shouldn't. I shouldn't try to be Bruce Springsteen. I should just do what I do best, which is get a little front porch boogie woogie going, and then start bullshitting over top of it. You know, kind of my original idea was: imagine if Richard Pryor was in charge of uh, Jerry Lee Lewis's band. That was <laughs> that, that was that was my goal, and uh, and it was on the cross country bike trip. Uh, you know that I thought, well, Mojo Nixon. He's from Pigfoot, Louisiana, which is out. It's past Slidell, but it's hard to find. Uh-huh. And, and Pigfoot, Louisiana is where Miss Rudolph from the Richard Pryor uh, vo- uh, Mudbone skits lives. And uh, back in 1956, uh, she fucked Vice President Richard Nixon to create oh. Mojo Nixon. Yeah, <laughs> nice. baby. Yeah. So, the book, you know, you know, people, you're going to have to sell hip waiters. When people listen to this bullshit, <laughs> or maybe snorkels, they're, they're like under, they're under the bullshit. They're gonna need a snorkel to get a hand. We like it. We like it. Yeah, I used to, and I used to sit down. I, originally, it was just me and Skid, and I would sit down, and I had a, a board I stomped on because originally I was playing by myself. And then uh, and the, I've and done co- that. I've played by myself. Yeah, <laughs> and I would, uh, I called it the Mojo Healing Board. And if, if women needed healing, I'd touch them with the board. Ah. You know, sometimes they needed healing, sometimes not. Sure. So, uh, and then um, uh, me and Skid started it started working. I made, first album came out in 85. That had uh, Jesus at McDonald's on it. I saw Jesus at McDonald's at midnight, uh, <laughs> which I stole from uh, Jonathan Richmond's Roadrunner. And the second album had uh, Stuff in Martha's Muffin, this song about uh, Martha Quinn from MTV. And then I had this song, uh, Burn down the malls. Uh, they they start showing it on 120 minutes, and then I have my big breakthrough song. Elvis is everywhere, which yes. is all I, I took it like an old Chuck Berry song, and I made I kind of did a stream of unconsciousness, uh, you know, crazy rant about Elvis, and you know, and, and the song is simultaneously. Uh, a celebration of Elvis and his and the fact that his fans are insane. Uh-huh. So it's you know it's, it's you know, it's working, but it's working both ways. Right, right, and, right. And then after we did Elvis is everywhere, girls started showing up at the show because before that, it was Dick City. Yeah, it was a sausage fest. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's but uh, and then 
Uh, then I went to Memphis and I made an album with Jim Dickinson, and that had Debbie Gibson's "Pregnant with My Two-Headed Love Child" on it. Yes, and that Jim Dickinson, you know, I was, I was uh, looking at that that part. You know, I, I did a bunch of records with with Jim, with uh, the Panther Burns, and, right. and Green on Red, and, and uh, you know, spent a lot of time with Jim. So, you know, I it was great to see him in the film, and uh, you know, talking about how uh, you know the the depth of Mojo Nixon, and then and then y'all both talking about you know the 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 hidden history of southern music the hidden southern uh 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 you know message yeah when jim died billboard asked me to write a thing you know kind of a eulogy and i wrote something they said this is a little too crazy for us but i think it was titled jim dickinson is the keeper of the secret flame uh, of this secret history of rock and roll yes and and right because that right because there's the you know the rolling stones you know you know uh you know play madison square garden and then there's another weird crazy nut job thing going on in places like memphis and new orleans right and uh and and jim jim was part of all that you know and, and i also felt like right he's he was he's giving it to me with the idea be i'm gonna give it to somebody else Yes, you know, yes, it's, it's uh, almost it's like a cult or a club or something. Yes, yes, it's uh, esoteric knowledge passed down f- uh, from hand to hand, and and that band uh, has has uh, John Doe, Bill Davis, uh, Country Dick Montana, and and Jim Spake, and I forgot yes. Jim Spake was in that band until I'm watching the uh, you know oh yeah Jim uh, saxophone player he's been on the show played on Alex Records. You know, play with uh, Al Green, all kind of other people, but fuck, man, Jim Spake shows up in the weirdest places. <laughs> oh no, Jim Spake is a motherfucker. Oh yeah, you know he can really play. Oh yeah, and he made and you know and he made all the you know him and Dickinson and all those Dickinson would bring these cats in and go, I you know I just need this guy to sing this one little thing and it's going to make the whole thing better and it'd be you know sometimes. Uh, maybe Dickinson owed these people money, or you know, uh, or it was it was a whole thing with Teeny Hodges and a drug deal. I'm not sure what the hell was going on. Teeny uh, Hodges was there, but he didn't play on the record. Yeah, but we got to hang out, so yeah, it was fine by me. <laughs> oh man, the Hodges brothers, yeah. holy cow! Yeah, uh, Charles is still alive, the organ player, man. Holy moly, what a what a motherfucker he is. Uh, played uh, all those those great uh, organ glissandos on the the Al, what, Al Green records. What, played what now? Organ what? Yeah, yeah, organ. <laughs> yeah, you know, just sliding around on the keys. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? The, but the, so the next that record you're talking about, Otis, with my kind of post cow punk super group, right. uh, that had Don Henley must die on it. Uh, you know, and the crazy thing is, Don Henley sang Don Henley must die with us at the Hole in the Wall in yeah. Austin. Uh, nice. Though this is back, whatever year it was, let's say it was 94 or something. Uh, nobody had, you know, there was no cell phones, no cameras in. It was, you know, right. it was one of those things. Everybody says they were there. The room only holds 50 people. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's like 5,000 people said they were there. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. it's just like my elections where I get 500 votes and 5,000 people said they voted for me. Yeah. You know. Well, once you go with the big dick program, I think you know things are going to really turn around. Yeah, you're gonna. It's going to be getting a uh, six or seven hundred votes. <laughs> so, so, so this kind of uh, starts the whole era where you're you uh, you, you make that record uh, s- somewhere shortly after that. Well, that also has yeah. I mentioned Bill Davis from uh, Dash Rip Rock, a, f- a former uh, guest on the show, but. Uh, and somehow you you recruit uh, uh, the Neptunes uh, and and to, to uh, guys like uh, uh, Wet Dog, uh, Pete Gordon, 
becomes your your backing band, the toad the toad lickers. Right. So it was me and Skid, and then I wanted to form a band, and he didn't. So that was the, and we were we were probably tired of each other too. As you know, it it's happens. not the, it's not the two hours on stage; it's the twenty two off sure. that can <laughs> that can make or break a uh, a relationship. Right. But the um the so uh, for briefly there for a while. I had uh, Dave Alvin's band. I think that had been part of the uh, the original Guilty Men that had been part of the Pleasure Bears. Nice. I had Gil- Guilty and Juke Logan and Jerry Angel. Uh, we love Dave, man. Fucking American hero. And I called them uh, uh, the talking Mojo Nixon and the talking boogers. <laughs> right, and, right, um, right. Because there was some skit, I think, uh, so I don't know what, some old old guy sitting in the corner, I can make a booger talk. And uh, I, just, I thought, well, that's, that should be the name of my band. Then, uh, but they they wanted too much money, I think. And so I got, uh, I, somebody said, there's a band down in Austin, their guitar player just quit. They're kind of like NRBQ Jr. They'd be perfect. I said, does the, I said, and I didn't want two guitar players. I wanted either saxophone or, or piano. And I said, uh, does the drummer hit hard? And they said, he hits like a motherfucker. I said, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, and I went down there, met him, and it all worked out great. And, you know, I know Pete, wet dog from, uh, you know, managing uh, uh, Houston Continental and, and from, from playing watching the in, in uh, mojo manifesto watching those those uh videos or films of of y'all playing back in the day pete looks fucking possessed man <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know if you, you know this do. <laughs> yeah we might have been on something i, yeah. I don't i don't want to say anything i don't want to you know but if there were portable snortables around we did them and you know and we, sometimes we did too many sometimes not enough you know you got to get everything just right you know we had, we, later we had a rule no blow before the show okay which is mainly for me because if i did too much blow i wouldn't talk i would just ah! but anyway right. but here's the problem with no blow before the show so the show's done at midnight or two and then you do some after the show and then at 6 a.m you make really bad decisions oh. at 6 a.m you should go to bed you should be out of blow but no you know because it was no blow before the show oh my god <laughs> you're no. not having like a flashback or anything are you right no 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 just uh just imagining it there <laughs> big black booger coming out but you you're in the shower and you blow your nose and it just it looks like jackson pollock had been in there holy cow man how how, <laughs> how did you survive all that mojo it's well i don't constitution, know constitution man right yeah well i asked john uh, i asked both john doe and dave alvin this one time and uh you know john doe said oh we're i said yeah i come you know country dick and all you know and top jimmy and, and jeffrey lee pierce and all these other cats are dead and why come we're alive? John Doe said he thought it was because we uh, knew when to say no. And I said, well, that's, you know, that's bullshit. And, uh, but uh, I asked Dave Alvin. Dave Alvin said he thought we just had the strong gene, the, yeah. you know, the, the, the caveman, hillbilly, uh, hard to kill gene. Right. 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 And, it, no, well, no. yeah, it's all about the constitution of your makeup, you know. Like, look at Keith Richards. This guy should have been dead years ago, but. 
He's got a good constitution, and so do you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah no, I should. I did, uh, you know, my favorite, well, in Outlaw Country, my favorite song is You Ain't Living Long Like This. And people right. go, but you're, you're, you're still alive. I go, it wasn't for lack of trying. Sure. I gave it my all. I did everything I could. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I could have fucked the monkey in Minneapolis, you know, but I didn't. Was, was that it? That's why I'm alive? Well, uh, I think uh, we're kind of uh coming to the close of the podcast here but uh you know uh want to implore everyone to uh you know check out the mojo manifesto it's a a, a long time in in uh in in production finally it's here it was a, it was a long uh, gestation as they say but uh that 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 uh that that two-headed baby is, is finally here <laughs> Yeah, you can go to it's uh, it's at Amazon, it's at uh, Apple TV and iTunes, and most places where you can you know when you get on your TV and you rent uh you know where you rent uh, rent a movie, you just rent it for like five bucks. You can own it for like twelve. You can buy the DVD for like fifteen. I'm whoring my way to the top, and I'm halfway there. Nice, Let me ask man. you something, Mojo. Y- yes, Manny. Okay, I've been wanting to ask you this for years. Because I, I, I've known about you for years. Um, have you ever lost your mojo? And how, what did you do to get it back? <laughs> no, the, the, essence, the, the essence of the mojosity is permanent. Oh. Uh, what, what, but, here's the, here's the, but that means I also I can't turn it off. Yeah. I can turn it down. I can, right. So I, yeah, I, I know, I know you did some acting, Manny. I tried to. I can only be Mojo. I, if you wanted me to be Mojo in a movie, I, I could act the shit out of that. Yeah. But, uh, but oh, but I was in this movie, Great Balls of Fire. Uh, Dennis Quaid played Jerry Lee Lewis. John yeah. Doe. That's how me and John Doe became friends. He played bass. Jimmy Vaughn was playing guitar. I was the drummer. And I don't know. They might have said tone it down a million times. <laughs> It might have been five million times. I I was in this other movie. I was in this movie, Super Mario Brothers, uh, and uh, I was in a scene with Dennis Hopper. Now, wow. so wow. Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper was fucking in a scene with James Dean. You know, I'm I'm fucking dying anyway. Wow, man. Uh, so uh, so uh, cool. Bob Hoskins, the uh, and John Legazimo, they're the uh, Super know, Mario Brothers. Right, yeah. So they're Super Mario Brothers. And uh, I got my big scene where they turned me into from a human into a lizard. Oh, in the in the movie, I played a drunk musician. I was acting up a storm in that thing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Bob Hoskins pulled me aside. He goes, he goes, uh, you need to start at one or two, work your way up to five. He goes, you're starting at 13 and scaring everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what anyway, happened to Bob Hoskins? Is he dead? I he think he died yeah, a few years yeah, ago. He, he yeah. was huge in the 90s. Yeah. I remember right. him. He was not, yeah, but both him and John were very nice. And, uh, you know, but, and, and, you know, the movie was kind of a, a mess. But, yeah, I really can't act. I, you know, I can just, I could, I wanted to be like Tom Waits or Hoyt Axton or somebody like that. You know, musicians, you know, who did a little, or Jerry Reed, who did a little acting, but no, I, it, 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 there's too much mojo. Stuck being mojo, right. I yeah. have a, uh, I, uh, uh, I met Dennis Hopper a couple times, and I went to his house for a, uh, at a party down in Venice, and he gave me a jacket. He said, I have a jacket for you that I think might fit you. It's too small for me, but it might fit you. And he gave me this jacket. 
and I still have it to this day. Woo! All right. Well, it, Dennis Opry, uh, he was he wasn't very he wasn't very big either, right? He wasn't. No, big. he was he was a frail yeah. kind of guy, but he, yeah. he was a little bigger than me because I'm very I'm very you know small. But I still have this jacket to this day. It's my de- Dennis Hopper jacket, man. Nice. I got one, one, one more movie, one more film story. I am the star of a something called Butt Crack the Movie, which you're thinking is going to be so bad it's good. But no, it's just bad. It's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> you're watching it and you're going, why am I breathing? I should just stop breathing and die right fucking now. Uh, uh. <laughs> Well, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Really <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you're thank you, right. Oh, Mojo's in this, you know, uh, grade Z horror film, kind of like a trauma thing. It's so, so, so bad. It's good. Oh, no, it's just bad. Just bad. It's, <laughs> you know, it's amazing, Renee, how so many of our musician guests are in movies because I think movie people just want them in there just to to have them because they're 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 gonna because we're cool yeah yeah well no you've never been in a movie you're not cool. oh I've, i'm talking I have about been in a movie yes i was in uh doris wishman's uh satan was a lady uh yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely like nine people saw that movie uh, i don't know yeah. it was just uh. on the criterion channel manny um anyway uh everybody <laughs> check out uh, uh mojo's uh new movie uh, uh mojo manifesto the life and times of mojo nixon uh, uh check him out on uh sirius xm outlaw country channel and the nascar channel and uh, uh look for him everywhere he'll he'll brighten your life thank you so much mojo it's, it's been a, a a thrill to have you on the on the podcast and uh, as always, in the troubled nation, we like to say, trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. When I look out into your eyes out there, when I look out into your faces, you know what I see? I see a little bit of Elvis in each and every one of you out there. Let me tell you. Well, Elvis is everywhere. Elvis is in Nutty Buddies. Elvis is in your mom. He's in everybody. He's in the young, the old, the fat, the skinny, the white, the black, the brown, and the blue. People got Elvis in them too. Elvis is in everybody out there. Everybody's got Elvis in them. Everybody except one person that is. Yeah, one person. The evil opposite of Elvis. The anti-Elvis. Auntie Elvis got no Elvis in him, let me tell ya. Michael J. Fox has no Elvis in him. Uh-oh. Yeah, and Elvis is in Joan Rivers, but he's trying to get out, man. He's trying to get out. Listen up, Joni, baby. Elvis is everywhere. Elvis is everything. People say, what the heck's going on? Let me tell ya. Who built the pyramids? Elvis! Who built stone?
Everybody got a thing. 